everyone to another exciting episode of Healing for the Soul podcast. I am Robin Stoltman, and you may not recognize my voice today, and that's okay because I love what it is that I do. I love learning from other people, as I'm sure all my listeners and viewers do as well. So I had to go on with the show, especially because I have Angela Lee on the show today talking about <laughs> building emotional resilience in your children. So let's get started. And Angela, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Oh, Robin, I am so thrilled to be here talking to you and hopefully enlightening and empowering your audience. Well, I'm sure you will, especially being <laughs> an author. Um, what is your specialty in the author realm? Because author can mean so many different things. In what mean, genre? Yeah, so my primary genre is children's stories, children's fairy tales. And I write these books for ages 8 to 12. Um, they're called the Bella Santini Chronicles, and it's a series. There's two available now, the third one in a couple of months. And I'm writing book five, so I know it'll go on. <laughs> um, and really, what's a little bit different about these books is that the conversations between the characters deal with emotions and how to deal with emotions. That is very much needed, especially in today's society. Yeah. Um, I, I put out a message to through Facebook about the U.S. Surgeon General and his report about mental health crisis for kids. And really what lies underneath that are feelings that they don't know how to deal with. So depression, anxiety, those kind of things are feelings-based. Um, of course, there are other diagnoses that aren't feelings-based, but sure. at least those two. If your child's dealing with that, um, then I definitely have some guides that can help you. That is very good. So are those through your books then? Or is that a separate? Um, so yeah, my, my stories teach tools for emotional resilience by teaching how to step out of victim energy, how to um, kind of dissolve emotional triggers, how to shift perspectives, and how to face feelings that are painful. And those are things no one taught us <laughs> when we were Not, kids. No. Yeah, and I had to learn the hard way. <laughs> and so um, my passing it forward to the next generation is, hey, you don't have to go through what I did. If you get these tools, you'll be able to walk through the landscape of all the trials and tribulations of your life from a place of empowerment. You know, I'm glad that you said that because it's really fascinating to me about how all of us that decide to do something greater than what our parents did or, or what society holds us to for a standard 
the ones that do rise up, it's all because of mm. us trying to figure ourselves out. Yes. Yeah. And it's like and we figure ourselves out. It goes farther. It, it's, um, yeah. So being self-aware is a real key to really knowing what you want from life and, and how to get to where you want to go. And so it's like a lot of the things that I teach are, th are tools that I had to use to overcome the adversity in my life. And I know if I had read a book that included that information when I was 10 years old, I would have made probably some different choices yes. <laughs> that maybe could have saved me a lot of pain. And so that's, you know, that's my mission. That's me helping kids make good choices. And that's a good mission to have. Yeah. It really, it really is. Um, just so that our listeners, if they're just tuning in or just watching, what's the best way to contact you? So through my website, um, there's a contact page. I'm working on it right now. Well, not, not, I'm working on it today, not right now. But <laughs> there is a contact page where you can reach out to me. You can schedule a free discovery call with me if you have an issue you want to talk about. Um, those links are on my website. That is helpful. Thank you. So, Angela, how do you teach children in your storybooks about the emotional resilience? So, um, this story takes place in a land called the Land of Everlasting Change, and it's the Fey world. And the fairies, um, basically, they honor feelings and they honor the ability to feel feelings. So when something happens in, in this fey world, all of the advice given the person that it happens to is, hey, you know, we're not going to tell you not to feel. We're going to say, feel it, but don't get entangled in it. And there, there's a real key. Um, when I tell you my background, I'll be able to illustrate this key. But the key to emotions is being able to witness them without entangling in them and making them part of your identity or pushing them away and trying to escape them. That makes a lot of sense. So what is your background that led you to writing these stories? <laughs> so um, I had an alcoholic dad, a raging alcoholic dad, and he abused us children in pretty much every way. Um, our house burned down when I was five years old and we were, the kids were sent out um, to basically foster care for a few months. And um, my mom finally divorced my dad when I was 10, which was, to me, liberation. <laughs> it was like, oh, good. Now we're yeah. we get to have a good life. Um, I ended up 
in my young mind, um, the lessons I learned from my dad or the lessons I took from my dad was that anger is horrible and no one should feel it. And so I rejected anger and I judged people who were angry. And another lesson was that I was worthless. And I grew up and I married an older man. So yes, you know, daddy issues, trying to fix them. Um, he also had a horrible childhood. And what he learned from his childhood is that the loudest one wins. And so anger was his go-to reaction. And of course, I judged him for that. Yeah. So if you can imagine, this was a pretty toxic relationship um, where I would judge him, he'd get angry and, you know, down that rabbit hole. So I stayed in that marriage for 32 years because I didn't have self-value and I put everyone's needs before my own. And basically I swallowed my words, I swallowed who I was, I swallowed everything and um, tried not to make waves. But I couldn't leave because I couldn't cause him pain. And so because I took on this role of being responsible for his emotions, I felt really stuck. And I, I lived in that marriage for 32 years, but I did get to the point, at, I don't know, 20 years into it, um, I was ready to end my pain by just driving off a bridge because I saw no way out. I couldn't hurt him. So divorce wasn't an option. And um, fortunately... <laughs> you know, my kids popped into my mind before I turned the wheel towards the edge of the bridge. And um, I thought, no, I can't do that. But I remember so clearly that despair, that deep feeling of so much pain that I just wanted to end it. I just wanted it to go away. And I just kind of pulled up my big girl panties and <laughs> went on with life for another 10 years. Um, not miserable all of the time because no relationship is always bad or always good. And so um, in 2017, there was a wildfire in Northern California, the Tubbs wildfire. Um, destroyed 5,000 homes, and wow. one of them was ours. Second fire in my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that night was terrifying. And I remember, um, you know, when everything is gone from your life, there's like, the fire went on for a basically a week. So businesses were closed. Um, there were no stores open. <laughs> it was hard to even get food to eat. Um, 
basically the rug had been pulled out from under us. And I realized that I had nothing left except our relationship. And I already knew that that didn't serve either one of us. It was a toxic relationship. And so I decided at, at some point in time after the fire that I was going to leave the marriage. It took me two more months to work up the nerve to do it. And I finally did leave. That brought me to a place where I started inner healing. Um, because like the week that I left, I remember standing in a shower in a rented apartment. And I was like, I don't even know who I am. Because I had given up so much of my identity in that marriage that I had no idea who I was. Through the healing journey, I learned many, many, many different tools for overcoming adversity. And um, at some point in time, I started writing a fairy tale for a friend's daughter. And it grew and grew and grew. And then I realized, oh my gosh, what I'm doing is teaching children how to deal with hardship. And so... Yeah. So that's kind of how it is. Your story is very powerful. Yeah. You know, your background of what you went through, that's hard on anyone. It is. And it's so easy. Um, you know, I think about the fire, which is the most recent tragedy in my life. And yeah. I think about my friends who looked at the fire as um, something that dragged them down. So they lost everything and this is a bad thing. And they, they just saw the negative in the situation. And for some reason, and I don't know, you know, what it is about me, but I was able to look past that and say, this fire was a wake up call for me to create the change in my life that I needed to make. Because I know if I stayed in that marriage, I would have died. If I, if I didn't actually commit suicide, I would have died inside. And it was definitely beyond time for me to leave. I'm very thankful that you're here mm -hmm. to share these, to share this story with other people. You know, yeah. to give them hope because that's, that's like the biggest gift we can give anyone is to share our stories mm -hmm. and say, hey, there's a story behind this real person. This is why I started what it is that I do. Because when you get those down days of you have all these people just starting to attack you, it's like, <laughs> it's not them. It's their own issues that they haven't resolved. Absolutely. And that is, that's actually one of the things that is discussed by characters in my books that um, when people say things that trigger us, that it's revealing within us, a piece of us that is reactive to what they're doing. 
And frequently that piece of us is based on childhood trauma. Mm -hmm. And so we're bringing our past into the now and reacting to what's in front of us with energy from back then. <laughs> and so um, if we just hold on to that understanding that they're holding a mirror up for us, for us to be able to see the parts of us that we need to work on. And so it, it provides the opportunity for us to do that inner work. And what lies on the other side of that inner work is freedom. And yes. So, you know, freedom like, you can't get anywhere else. You can choose to keep being triggered by people's behavior, or you could do your inner work and be free of that. So, yeah. You know, it's, it's amazing how, to me, it was, like God used that fire in your life to have this opportunity for you. So like some oh, people yeah. took it as negative. You took it as this is my opportunity for freedom. That's my opportunity of change. And, and yeah, I can't say that at the time that I was um, thinking in that big way. But what I did think is, you know, if life can shift that dramatically in a few hours, then life is precious. And yes. I need to make the most of the life I have. And this, what I've been doing, is this what I want to do for the rest of my life? And the answer was a resounding no. So I'm in the place of uncertainty now, <laughs> trying to figure out what it is I want to do for the rest of my life. But I think writing may be it. <laughs> well, you know, there's so many opportunities. You're not that old. There's a lot of opportunities out there where you could, you could continue to write. And then who's to say that you can't go out and speak? about mm -hmm. what happened and teach other kids in like schools or like do speaking like um, anti-bullying even your books would be a powerful tool oh yeah to be used in that yeah. presence i'm not trying uh, to give you ideas necessarily no no i've like, had all those ideas. i'm thinking <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful thought and probably will happen um so what my books do there is a bully in my books and it, it's all about understanding that what lies underneath the behavior of people who are trying to inflict pain is that they experience a lot of pain and that's how they get to be where they are. And so having that understanding that this person is, is reacting to pain in their life and wrapping them in love and understanding rather than rejection, he's mean, he's this, he's that, um, can provide a lot of healing. I agree with you a lot on that. You know, I never understood when people would say that hurt people hurt people. Hurt people. It's so true. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I never understood it. And then recently, I'm like, I kept thinking like all these different things that kept coming up for myself. Like you said, others are near 
but we haven't yet fixed in ourselves when we have that negative trigger in ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I kept coming up against all this stuff. And I'm like, where is it coming from? But then being able to turn that around, that's where the healing starts. That is such freedom. Because what mm-hmm. happens if, if there is a trigger point within us and we don't do the healing we repeat it and repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. And, and it's like hitting ourselves over the head with a two by four. Um, you know, we don't mean, we don't, we're not choosing to have that happen. It's just that we need to get past that energy in order for us to move on and have a different lesson. And so we kind of have to fix that lesson before we can get to the next one yeah and unfortunately it's sometimes one of those i've done everything i know like (laughs) you're just like i swear up and down like i release one issue on myself even and i'm like seriously got another five that pop up (laughs) but it's like you keep going and going and i'm just like i'm so used to it that's become an addiction to this healing but it's a well, good addiction. It is a good addiction. It's mm-hmm. also um I have had many a day where I'm like, really, I have to go through this again. <laughs> I'm not alone. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> yeah. And and I think, you know, haven't I had enough trauma in my life? Can't I just have it good from here on? But the reality is that our souls chose experience. And so we are here to experience. And on a soul level, it's not good or bad. It's all just experience. We humans are the one who assign a good, bad level to it. And yeah. We certainly did. I mean, like, we even assigned a calendar, time, all this stuff. <laughs> we did. And then we expect <laughs> all of these programs that we have from our parents to mm. keep us going. All these programs that, you know, the, their parents do, the school does, like, all of those in those early years affect us. But then it's like, and to stop that. It, it's uh, so you know the Talmud says that we don't see the world as it is; we see it as we are. Yes, and that's a beautiful thing to take on about ourselves. Okay, well, what I'm seeing is the energy I'm putting out into the world. But when we can apply that to the teacher, the parent, the minister, the rabbi, the priest, whoever it is that said criticism to you that you made a truth about yourself. And I'll illustrate this um, with a story from my life. So me being four or five years old and my dad in an alcoholic rage looming over me and telling me I'm not worth the dirt under his feet. When we pick that apart from an adult perspective, we say what he said said a lot more about who he is and nothing about who I am. And so when we can apply that Talmudic truth 
to, um, you know, hurts that we're carrying from our past, we can, in our own mind, go back to that time, show up as the adult that we are, pick up our inner child and tell them the truth. Because as, as a child, he was the authority. I believed what he said. As an adult, I'm like, right, yeah, you're drunk. I was a child. Um, I'm not going to believe a word you say. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I've actually done that where I've envisioned my child self with my dad and he's screaming at me. And I, as an adult, show up and I pick myself up and I tell me he's lying. He's talking about himself. It's not about you. He's seeing through his filter truth about himself. And it's not about you. You're beautiful and you're good. And you don't deserve this. No. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, that's a pretty extreme little example, but it, it so well illustrates how we as adults have the ability to really flip a perspective on its head and let yeah. it go. We do. And that's why I love doing, that's why I love helping people heal the inner child through mm -hmm. my hypnosis for this reason. Yeah. Just because it's like healing the inner child. It's the most powerful session ever in hypnosis. It just really, truly is. Yeah. Because what you just said, that mm -hmm. is powerful. It's that life changing. And then at any time in the future, you can just hug that little girl and be like. Or for God. me, I, just, I said, come live in my heart and you'll be surrounded with love all the time. And so... There she lives. <laughs> Little four in my old. case, mine just wants Barbie's dream house off and on. Uh, well, I play with Barbie's a little bit off and on, and I'm good. <laughs> She's very strong in me. And so I have a swing in my backyard that I go swing on every day. <laughs> you know, it's so crazy, though, because it, it's not crazy, crazy, you know, but it's like, our minds are very much like they know how to heal ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like yours is like, I just want that swing. But it's like when we deny ourselves, that's like when the it's that crazy point of you're denying yourself this freedom. Yeah. It, it's interesting because when we are teenagers, we get to the point where we say, I'm I'm stepping away from childish things. I'm going to be like an adult. And Big what mistake. we end up, we throw out the baby with the bathwater because we say everything from our childhood is childish, but it's not true. There's childish and there's childlike. And when adults can embrace their childlike qualities, their life becomes more magic because the magic of childhood, when you think about little children running around, the magic is the unconditional love that they have. 
The magic is the wonder and the awe that they look at the world through these like fresh eyes. And the magic is their playfulness. We as adults can have all of that. We just need to tap into it. That's where the magic happens. It is where you start tapping in it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So read fairy tales. (laughs) Yes. It sounds like I definitely, definitely need to. I actually, um, I have an online class for adults that helps get them, you know, first it teaches perspective shifts and stepping out of victimhood and how to deal with your emotions. But it goes into playfulness and curiosity, self-trust and self-love. And I really think that all of those things are the ingredients that can make us whole again. Um, we, We believe that we're not whole because of these perspectives and these filters handed to us when we were children. You're not enough. You're not good enough. You're never going to be a, um, you you know, put insert a word there. (laughs) And um, we don't have to hold on to those ideas. We are whole. And we just have to acknowledge that we are whole. We don't need healing. We are whole. And knowing that there are tools that we can access, which is what the gift you give and the gift I give, Mm -hmm. are tools that help us tap more into our wholeness. That's Mm -hmm. what I love about the different tools, because there's Mm -hmm. so many of them, but they are not talked about. Yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping that um, my books or any, any emotional resilience um, curriculum gets into schools. Because if you can imagine, you know, bullying is a big issue in schools. Mm-hmm. And if you can imagine what would happen if... Um, there was a class on empathy and the bully listened to the hurts that everybody experienced. How would that shift the energy in that kid? Um, You know, if there was a, a class on looking at the world through the eyes of love. So, um, letting go of fear of what's different and embracing the humanity of different people. Um, How far would that go? It would be, it would be beautiful. It would be. And then that's where the biggest change could happen. Mm -hmm. It's funny because there are a lot of, um, in influencers, teachers in the world who teach very similar things that I do, but they mm-hmm. they teach adults. And I'm, there are, I know that there are other um, influencers who are, are aiming at kids, but 
to me, it's like these kids are going to be the ones who create the beautiful world that we've all wanted. And let's give them the tools they need to do that. There's nothing wrong with having a full toolbox. And no, then some. there's nothing. <laughs> it's my husband's. <laughs> He's got so many tools. I'm like, do we seriously need this many drills and hammers and all this? <laughs> well, my ex-husband had a toolbox that was like six feet tall and filled with tools. So I guess for some people, yeah, you do need all those tools. <laughs> So what is the biggest tip that every parent can start using now for teaching their child, their child emotional resilience? You know, um, teaching your children how to feel their emotions. And that would be, it's, it's a very easy three-step process that can be very challenging when it's a painful emotion. But it is to feel the feeling. So feel. It's acknowledge the feeling. You can name it. Oh my gosh, I'm feeling pain. And then allow. Feel, acknowledge, allow the feeling. And it's really key that the listeners know we are not allowing the circumstances. We are allowing ourselves to feel the way we feel about the circumstances. And that's critical because um, people will be in resistance to allowing. They'll be saying, well, but he's doing that to me. And yeah, that's true. And it's okay for you to feel the way you feel about that. So allow yourself to feel it. And allowing also to me, a lot of people talk about law of, law of attraction. I'm just now understanding like how it truly works. Mm -hmm. And that allows yourself to experience what you do want when you know that, you know, like the separation of that's that person. They can feel it. And so can you. When you mm -hmm. allow yourself to feel it, you accept it. Then that's when everything else starts opening up. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I talk about this stuff and I write about this stuff and I'm still learning. None of us are perfect. And so, <laughs> no. yeah, um, you know, if I learn more tools, I'll definitely include them in the next books. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm just here to really just love children and want them to thrive. That's all. That's a good mission to have. So <laughs> yeah. one more time, Angela, what is the best way to get a hold of you for our audience? So my website, https colon forward slash forward slash Angela Lee.com. And it's A-N-G-E-L-A-L-E-G-H.com. Awesome. And what was the name of your books again? Just so that our listeners oh. can find them. They're the Bella Santini Chronicles, and they're actually linked. So if you go on Amazon and you just type in Bella Santini Chronicles, you'll be able to see both books. Awesome. Yeah. 
Well, thank you so much, Angela. I really appreciate our conversation and, and all your insight and everything you had to offer today, especially for our listeners and our viewers. So I appreciate it. Mm, thank you so much. It was a wonderful conversation. And I, I know that we have the same heart for the world, which is a beautiful thing. It is. Just got to shine our light a little bit brighter on everybody else. <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.